Are you wondering where the spark went in your sex life? Well, you can ignite it again. You can join the Sexy Marriage Academy and a lot of other engaged people that have spent dedicated time trying to support one another and learn all they can to make marriage sex the best it can possibly be. Learn more and join today. Try it for 30 days for free at sexymarriage.net forward slash SMR Academy. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. We're having honest, straightforward, no-holds-barred conversations, and then probably today's show, some comedy kind of conversations with this thing <laughs> called married life and sex and love and all that happens uh, in between, I guess you could say. Uh, one of the things we love is the Sexy Marriage Nation and the fact that uh, they repeatedly send in emails, give us calls on our voicemail line, uh, stay engaged. They're members of the Sexy Marriage Academy. Uh, they're a vibrant group and the sexiest group of people on the face of the planet, in my biased opinion. Um and we also love it, and we invite you to join us. And all that way you can do that is just give us a call, 214-702-9565. Email any question, comment, question, uh, criticism, praise, whatever. Uh, we love hearing that. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And then I also invite everybody in the Sexy Marriage Nation, if you like what we got going on, jump on iTunes and rate and review the show, please. It helps us climb the charts and spread the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex. And so, as always, um, I get a chance to have a lot of different people come pilot this ship with me uh, now with Sexy Marriage Radio 3.0. And so, today, I'm pleased to welcome Jay Parker of um, HotHolyHumorous.com. I did say that right, right, Jay? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, Jay's a blogger that's now a podcaster that's got some books out, Um She's got quite a voice. I remember coming across you, Jay, um, before you even revealed who you were writing the blog. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of cross. We, we crossed paths at one point. I'm like, hey, I like this. She's She's got a great voice, and she brings some lightness to this subject. And so, Jay, welcome to the show and, and joining me today. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I remember uh, way back when I was anonymous for about three years and then kind of, and there was family circumstances and stuff for that and then kind of just embraced it fully. I always knew that eventually I, I would be out there. So I wrote with that in mind. Right. But I also know that you you did a guest post uh, fairly fairly early on, I think. Yeah, we, we had some cross collaborating things that, that yeah. happened when I was doing Simple Marriage only and this whole thing of the Sexy Marriage Radio hasn't hadn't really taken off at that point. So Right. I love seeing people that are still around uh, on on the web because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot that uh, we get started and like, hey, they've got a good voice, and then it just you know just doesn't stick or they lose energy or something happens. And so I'm glad to see you're still going strong. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would also love, since Sexy Marriage Nation may not be familiar with who you are, what else did I miss about you that that they would that they need to know? Okay. Yeah. So I started blogging about 2010. And so I've been doing it since then and uh, added podcasting about a year ago with the sex chat for Christian wives. I have three co-hosts with that. 
I have some books out. I'm also starting to speak in places. So Good. just kind of, you know, doing what I can to get the message out. And I, th- I think I'm probably still around because it wasn't sort of a thing of the moment. It was, it's kind of my whole personal testimony okay. and it's um, it's just a big area in which God really impacted my life. So it's the testimony I take everywhere. And I'm just very passionate about passion is how I say it. <laughs> so, hey, that is worth being passionate about there. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying yeah, to just yeah, fill yeah. right in with that. So, so where I want to go today with you, since, since you, I think you have a, a unique, um, with, with the testimony you're alluding to and, and the story mm-hmm. and the passion with which you approach subjects, specifically married sex. And then I've listened to the sex chat podcast several times. And so all four of you ladies are willing to talk about things that maybe aren't being talked about in manners that they need to be for, yeah. for specifically for wives, but for married people. Because you and I have a similar path in that being raised under that uh, silent umbrella or that real overt umbrella of don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, uh, and not getting good information <laughs> that went alongside. It, it, it was even to the point sometimes where you think, don't think about it. Don't, don't even think about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. So. How can I not think about it? Right, because it's something. It's just it's everywhere, and that's even before. I mean, you and I were raised even before the the world that's even more saturated with the message. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it is one of those things that um, I, I find a lot of times where uh, people that email that are part of the Sexy Marriage Nation will be saying, "Hey." And, and I think it's kind of steers more towards wives in the sense of, since I've got you joining me, I think I'm going to kind of land in that arena. I know this fits men as well on yeah. the idea of, I don't see the pleasure. I don't have the drive. I don't have the desire. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a willing spouse in a sense, but, and it could be because upbringing, it could be because of guilt. It could be because it just doesn't do it for me, or it could be because they're doing it all wrong. I mean, there's there's a lot, a lot of things, yeah. but I'm curious uh, in your journey, because your voice, uh, speaking specifically to a target audience of, of women and wives, what what do you see in what I'm kind of describing? What's your, What's been your experience? So, yeah, I do hear this quite a bit, and I think it matters what the reason is, because there is somewhat different path you take if it's something that you've brought up with this teaching, and it just feels like you shouldn't be into it. And so you may not even realize that you've done it, that you've suppressed this in yourself. Okay. And, um, and so that can make a difference, but that's very different from a, a woman who really her hormones are very off. Correct. And, you know, so that's a very different thing. And it's like, okay, well, you know, if we get that worked out, you right. might find a resurgence of your desire. Right. There's also a, a lot that we've misunderstood about how women's sexual interest works. Okay. Well, let's, let's go there. Cause I, I you so, piqued my curiosity with that okay. statement. So, so go. yeah, this is the thing that, uh, you know, very often, and I know this is probably what you say. I studied in my master program too, where the idea was that you had, you know, you had a desire and then you go, um, and then you, you begin arousal and you go up and you hit the climax and then the, you know, the, anyway, the resolution and right. everything. And a lot of women, that's not how it works. It actually works where you make a decision and you you begin arousal. 
Okay. So you start arousal and then your desire kicks in after you become more aroused. Right. And so a lot of times women think, well, there's something wrong with me because he seems to want to, and I just kind of not that interested in it. Right. But we are thinking that we're supposed to be like men when a lot of times that we wives were just, our, our sexual interest may be more responsive than proactive. And there's nothing wrong with that. If Absolutely. that's you. Absolutely. That's and totally I, I think that's a great point to at least make sure we magnify for a second, because there is a responsiveness to Eve in my belief too, that, that she's, mm-hmm. she doesn't have, Typically speaking, a woman will will have far far less testosterone in her body, and if yes. it's, if you talk about just biological hormones, that's the one that usually leads towards a higher libido, biologically speaking. And so it is one of those things. I love how you're framing it that it's typically a a, a wife has to make the decision, and then desire is going to come along after that as as it unfolds. Hopefully, maybe it doesn't, but at, at least yeah. if we if we talk about the reverse of that, that it's not because we have to have desire. No, sometimes it's just, no, this is a decision to something I want in my life or in my situation right now. Yeah. And there's, and there are things a woman can also do to kind of ready herself too. So if she, you know, knows this is important, it doesn't have to be that we necessarily start desire together. For instance, I think there's a lot of, for women, sensuality and sexuality are very paired. Okay. And so- um, for a lot of women, you know, some of it is kind of leaving behind the work day and being able to shift into that kind of sexy self. Okay. And the transition can often be sensual things that you do where, you know, you put on something that makes you feel pretty, whether that's, you know, your clothes or your under things, right. um, it can be, you know, taking the bubble bath, putting out the, um, candle doing, I know now a lot of people are swearing by some of the essential oils that have, you know, since that, that kind yep. of yep. get us going and just all those kinds of things that are sensual things that kind of just sort of work you toward that. And then you can begin the arousal with him and kind of, your responsiveness, your, your sexuality can kind of unfold and so, that process happens. Ab- absolutely. So I, it, it does beg the question though, how do you get um, past this idea of, yeah, but I'm, it's, it's all for him or it's all, you know, it's like, because I know there are times, this is some of the women I've had in my office and then definitely some mm-hmm. of the emails that we get of, I, it's like they don't see the payoff, I guess, for themselves. They understand the dynamic. They understand the system in the sense that this is a priority or important part, an aspect of our, yeah. our relationship. Yeah. And it's something that, uh, you know, let's face facts. If, if, if we're not having it here, then there's more pull to have it elsewhere, maybe for someone else. But how did, I don't know. There's still that leap of, okay, how do you get beyond this is something that could be a priority in your life just because it's for you too. Yeah. And I, and I get this too, even like it can be hard to get started. Uh, for instance, I, I hate running Sure. <laughs> and I know I should exercise, but uh, when people say, Oh, but if you do it for a while, you get this great runner's high. And I'm like, <laughs> I've like, never experienced that. Yeah. 
but like, there's a lot of stuff you have to do before you get to the runner's high. And so I know that's kind of analogous to how it feels for some women. They're like, okay, well, yeah, maybe, I mean, I eventually get the climax or, or maybe I don't, maybe I just get some pleasure, but it's, it feels like I'm having to do all of this stuff. Right. And right. The payoff just doesn't feel like enough to make it worth that. And then they're really just doing it because it's for him. Right. Um, because he feels the desire, the process, the payoff, the whole nine yards. Right. Cause it's worth it to him. So he's going to pursue it as, as much as he can. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get that. I understand the thinking on that. And so what it really is, is, and I, and I kind of hate this too. I think part of what we've done a lot of times in churches as an individual Christians, we have given wives the, that advice constantly of, well, you just, you need to meet his needs. And we'll say it too like that. Like, well, if yeah. you don't meet his needs, he might go looking elsewhere. Right. And, uh, or, you know, uh, a man has needs or just don't ever tell him no, it's be fine. It's, and we, we make it seem the way we talk about it, like it's not really for her. Ex- and yes, exactly. That's kind of an undercurrent soak, of the message. We soak in these messages. And so it's no surprise that a lot of women kind of even have that going in. So they're that colors their perspective of everything. So when the, the arousal doesn't happen right away, when her husband doesn't quite know how to uh, stimulate her, yep. to, to she, you know, she thinks, well, okay, it's, it's not working or maybe it's my body or whatever. Right. And so it's, it gets, there's that confirmation that cycles through. Yep. It kind of feeds yeah. that loop. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm like, well, see, it's not for me. <laughs> sure. So if our experiences are bad or unfulfilling or one-sided, then then I think that does stack the deck against them in the sense of why do I keep going back to this? Yeah. Why do I yeah. keep? And that's that's where it's interesting because this is some of the pushback I got early on with Sexy Marriage Radio was um, I would come at it, and this is a, a Dr. Schnarch phrase, but. I would come at it a lot of times by stating a lot of times the lower desire partner, which in in some cases, majority of the cases is the wife. Uh um, She's actually more clear about the sex that they're having isn't worth wanting because she's not getting much out of it. And so who you really got to question is the higher desire husband who wants multiple helpings of lousy sex. And that's, that's something worth examining (laughs) because Maybe the, maybe yeah. maybe neither one of them understand what we could be experiencing in that right. regard. And and there are some I'm, there are some wives out there I'm sure who are married to a husband who's kind of selfish about sex. Yep. And a lot of times, what I find is that those husbands have learned the same messages. They've yes. learned the same message that yes. sex is for him, and so he's not even really expecting her yep. to. He, he feels like the woman who's all excited about sex is the anomaly. Right. And so, well, this is wife. He's like, well, I just am supposed to kind of get her to do it with me. Right. Um, so he doesn't understand all the things that he could do to make it really awesome for her. Right. And that's, so, that's where it's so important for messages like this to keep getting out there further and further to be able to say, wait, this is a collaborative thing. This is a co-created experience that both people can come at and seek their pleasure and their partner's pleasure simultaneously and take turns with it. I mean, that's the art of doing and being done. That's, that's all fantastic stuff. 
there's another interesting thing on the selfishness, which is a lot of times women maybe don't um, speak up and seek their own sexual pleasure because they have this sense that it's selfish. And a lot of us women were raised with the idea that you shouldn't be pushy. You shouldn't be aggressive. You shouldn't be assertive. And so we struggle, we can struggle to speak up and say, maybe we say, well, I'm just, I'm just not into it or I'm not satisfied, but he doesn't know what that means. And maybe you don't even know what that means. Right. So how does, how does a wife overcome that then? (laughs) So, um, you know, the first step in all this, I guess, is to, to believe honestly that the sex is for you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I come about this from, from a biblical perspective. And I always think one of the most interesting things is that first Corinthians seven, three through five gets touted all the time on the idea that you, you know, that she owes him sex right? and he, you owe each other your, your conjugal rights. But really when you read it, what's mentioned first is the husband owes her that gets mentioned before she owes him. So or not owes. I don't even like the word. Owe, no, but oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's not a good thing. But but they but basically that her sexual fulfillment is mentioned before his in that scripture. Yeah. So I think that, and honestly, the existence of the clitoris, which I know you had a great episode recently on becoming cl- clitorate. Becoming clitorate. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so that's you know those things are convincing us that that God is highly in favor. Yes. Of wives experiencing sexual pleasure. It's not a, it's not a selfish thing. It's a, it's something that he wants us to have. And if you believe that sex also mirrors the relationship that God wants us to have with him in terms of intimacy, well, don't we want to have pleasure in having intimacy with God? And in the same way, wouldn't we have pleasure having intimacy with our husband, his son? And so, I mean, it just, I think we just kind of have to shift and realize it's okay. Uh, sure. And I, and I think and, you also have to do it to, in other areas of your life, just pleasure in general that, oh, yeah. that we can have, yeah. that we can enjoy the goodness of the world and the creation and all that we have, that, that we can actually have fun with things. Because what comes to my mind that helps a wife learn, how do I start to be more um, forward, I guess, with my thoughts or my statements or what I want or speaking up or saying no, you know, whatever it could be is you can, it's safer a lot of times and easier to do that in other arenas of your life first, where maybe, mm-hmm. you know, cause I have the belief that how we do life is how we do sex and vice versa. And so I agree. it's likely that you feel, uh, it's, it could be wrong to be speaking up about what you want. If something's wrong in a restaurant and oh, I, well, they did it wrong. Tell them, you know, and that, that's actually, a good move to be able to say, Hey, this, this isn't what I ordered. This is wrong. And that's the same kind of process as being able to speak up in the bedroom. Yeah. And I, but I, like I said, I think that's a lot of times it's hard for women and they've had studies and stuff on communication with women and women tend to like, they tend to ask for raises at work less Yeah, often, and things like that. We just don't often, we sometimes feel like we shouldn't be speaking up for ourselves. Right. And I think we have to kind of clarify that this is nicer girl syndrome um, is that there's a difference between, you know, saying, Hey, this isn't cooked right. Or this isn't what I ordered and being polite about it. Yes. And um, you know, I've worked as a waitress, I was a <laughs> terrible waitress, like a truly <laughs> terrible, waitress. but I did work as one. Okay. Believe me, I was around these people. It was never a problem. If yeah. someone nicely said, 
hey, can you, you know, exchange this or can you truly never a problem? Yep. It was the rude people yep. that, that, you know, even if everything was otherwise, if they were rude, that right. was the problem. And so the same thing is like how you do life, how you do sex, you know, you just, one of the things you can do is speak up and tell your husband like where it feels good and where it doesn't feel good. But just remember, it's fine to do that as long as you're doing it nicely and you're, sure. you're affirming him and you're, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, hey, buddy, that is, whoa, you're way off base. Oh, don't even. You know, what I mean, is this your first time? What are you doing? <laughs> this is your first rodeo, isn't it? Yeah. It's not my first rodeo. But <laughs> right. Sorry, I'm a Texas girl. So. No, I, I, I understand completely, but it, but it's that same concept of how we say what we say matters. But it's we're even talking before that even of sometimes we've got to confront ourselves and realize I need to just start saying, yeah, what matters and what what yeah. what what I'm looking for. And one of the things, and I've shared this on the air uh, many years ago. One of the things that shifted things for Pam and I was she shifted her her terminology from years and years ago when sex would be brought up by me and it would be a no when she shifted it to not at the moment but i could maybe be persuaded later that's a mm. whole different ball game than nah you know not interested because at the moment she wasn't and typically you know sometimes that's good judgment cuz we're at target and so it's probably good <laughs> to to not but but it's that idea of if you shift the terminology a little bit and leave it more open-ended and possible or curious or, you know, something that isn't just a flat out thing that could be curt or rude. Well, that changes yeah. the ball game. And I think a lot of times that can, that same kind of framework, even in the midst of sex and intimacy can go a long way too. I think that also, so wives need to know what it is they want to ask for as well. Okay. And one of the biggest things that wives need to ask for more often is they need to ask for foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. They need they need a lot longer foreplay than a lot of guys do. And men tend to go, you know, straight for the goodies. Yep. Um, and you know, that's fine. And actually what's interesting is I on the reverse side, I often tell women, okay, just go straight for his goodies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, if you just cup that area, he will probably be like, woo. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it is kind of different. Like he needs to know, look, what, what's really going to make me ready is if, you know, you kiss my neck yep. and you, you know, you say things to me and you, you know, stroke me and you do, and you do all these things and make it where I'm to the point that I'm like, oh my goodness. Now, now, now. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And I, and I think that's something that we men a lot of times don't understand because they haven't been told that, or a lot of the, the fiction sex right. is what I say, you know, screen movies, right. books and everything. They always make it seem like the woman it's can be ready at the drop of a hat. Right. And, um, it's not usually you know, an occurrence that happens often. Yeah. And I get it. You're, it's a movie. You only have two hours. You can't spend 30 minutes of it. For him <laughs> Prepping. <away>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if we were doing realistic, yes. no, we I, would have to extend that. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point because I think a lot of times if you're talking about uh, what could, what could be creating the cycle of a wife that's not as interested because it could be uncomfortable, if not even bordering on painful at times, especially mm -hmm. if you're having intercourse too soon, because she's not ready 
because this isn't just wetness. This is also envelopment and engorgement going on that needs to happen just like the penis has to have happen. Yeah, that was that was just eye-opening when I learned that the uh, that the interior lips need to be swollen yep. to like two to three times their normal size. Yep. And it also and allows so, the cervix to lift up and yeah. make room because you can have painful intercourse that way if, if it's too soon. So there's a lot of things that's prep, but it's it doesn't get the pub that an erection does because I guess men rule the world in that regard in some ways. And that's the message we got to change is that it's not just for him. It's for both. Well, our stuff is, is tucked away. I right. mean, y'all have lived with it your whole lives just out there, like, you know, <laughs> begging for attention. Yep. And so, and ours is just kind of, it's like a secret garden. Oh, and <laughs> way, to, way to go. A little song of Solomon so, reference there. <laughs> yes. <a> little secret <laughs> garden and it's tucked away. And, um, and so we kind of, a lot of wives even have to learn their own bodies. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, we don't, necessarily know what feels good and so this is why learning the, the anatomy of your body can can matter too when you learn you know the actual shape of the clitoris and where the the sensitive spots are where your own erogenous zones are um you know and doing some kind of research with each other where you you know ask him to touch you in various ways and you know respond to that and see what feels good and that's where i think it could even be beneficial on those kinds of opportunities or encounters to just take intercourse off the table and just say, look, yeah. this is, this is exploratory time that we can still both reach a climax possibly, but we're going to do it a different way because right. we can use data that we can learn now for a long term together. Yeah. And most husbands will not balk if you say, you know, we have some sex homework tonight. So <laughs> that is true. That, that, lesson number one. Yep, that, there are lots of men <laughs> that are willing to go to body. the lab. Yeah. There's lots of women, lots of men willing to go to the lab with their wife. That's, <laughs> I, I, I completely understand that. All right, Jay, Jay. So what else? Is there any other last little thoughts that um, really would help a wife? And, and a husband in this regard um, with. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say one of the other things, too, is there really could be something physically amiss or physiologically amiss. Right. And so if you really just if, if your body doesn't seem to be responding at all, if you're really struggling with that, then you really do need to see a physician. Yes. And um, and I've heard from many wives who will also say, well, I went to the physician. And I mentioned it and they kind of blah, blah. it's the same thing as speaking up for yourself make it clear. Like you have to very clearly say, this is what I'm experiencing right. and I need some answers. Right. So you may have to push the issue a little bit, but this is, you know, gynecologists, this is their area. Right. They should be able to provide you some answers. So in essence, there's really little ways around having to learn the fine art of speaking up for myself in all areas of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the so, message. But you have to believe you have to believe it's worth it. You believe you are worth it. Absolutely, because you absolutely are worth it. And that's the one message I would hope the Sexy Marriage Nation gets the clearest, is that you are worth it in the regards to your life and how you're designed and all that it can be in your marriage. Yeah. So, Jay, tell people how they can find you. They can find me at hotholyhumorous.com, and I'm by that same name on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think, I think I'm on Instagram, hotholyhumorous, and I have books. Uh, Hot Holy Humorous, Sex and Marriage by God's Design, Intimacy Revealed, 52 Devotions to Enhance Sex and Marriage, and my podcast, Sex Chat for Christian Wives. 
Fantastic. And I'll put all the links in, in the, in the show notes for the sexy marriage nation. If you're driving, don't try to write those down. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you can find them sexy marriage radio or sexy marriage.net. Um, so Jay, I got to say thank you for joining me and, and leading us help, helping kind of guide this discussion. This has been fun. It was good for you. Great. Thank you. It's terrific. Thanks for having me on. Well, so to the Sexy Merge Nation, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we hope to see you next time.